Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. What's going on, guys? It's your homeboy, T-Pain, a.k.a. your girlfriend's boyfriend. Have you had a chance to listen to the new podcast? Now, I want you to stop what you're doing right now and jump over to my new show, the Nappy Boy Radio Podcast with me, T-Pain. Every week, we're talking to the hottest guests from the worlds of music, entertainment, comedy, gaming, and so much more. And they're all stopping by to shoot the they hang out. They enjoy some custom drinks. Did you know every guest on my show has a drink named after them? Okay, this okay. is the Mild Paralysis. Yeah. Oh, and the name of the drink is the Jazzy Fizzle. Oh, you're going to make me cry. Yeah. We got a goddamn drink for you, and yeah. it's called the Mother Butterscotch. No, you got to say it like this. Butterscotch. <laughs> On my show, we pretty much have some of the most interesting conversations you ever heard. We just kind of chill, you know what I'm saying? Listen and subscribe to Never Boy Radio Podcast with new episodes every Thursday on Apple Music and wherever you get your podcasts at. Well, in this episode, we do a lot of electric car talk. We talk about the uh, new Tesla stuff, the truck, the Rivian um, Singer Porsche. Singer. We got to hit a little bit of gas engine stuff. A little bit of gas (laughs) engine stuff and uh, some Genesis stuff. First, there's Geico. Hey, Geico, do you own? Do you rent? Well, you do one or the other, right? You know, it's hard work out there. Owning, renting. You want to save some money? How about your bundle? Bundle your policies at Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle the homeowners or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you got so much to do already. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, see just how much you could save at Geico. That is Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Get it on. Got to get on a choice. We've got a mandate. Get it on. And welcome to CarCast, Madam Carol. That's Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, over there. Hello. How are you? Good. What are you driving? A Genesis? The Genesis. I was, I was talking about it with Goldberg earlier in this week. And it seems like every year when uh, as I get to drive a, a Genesis and they, they've progressed over the years, they just continue to impress. So I've got a G70. Which mm-hmm. is their small sedan. They're going after the BMW 3 Series. Mm-hmm. There's two engine options. I've got the, the V6 uh, turbo. I think it's 365 horsepower. Healthy. And uh, the all-wheel drive version of the car does 0 to 60 in four and a half seconds. Wow. And uh, it handles great, pulls, I don't know, 0.94 Gs with the summer tires and like or nine one and eight four with the on the skid pad yeah mm-hmm. yeah with the uh, with the all season tire so but if you peek inside it like it's uh it, it's a dark blue it's got a beautiful black interior mm. but diamond stitch diamond stitch and all of the accents uh stitching is done in red so the diamonds are done in red the door mm-hmm. panels are done in a red stitch. And then the red seatbelt to give it a kind of a sporty look. And mm-hmm. it's, it's nice. I mean, it's just nice. It starts at like 38 grand. I think the one I'm driving with everything is about 52 or 53. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I got in, it was like, yeah, I haven't been in the small car for a while because we've been driving so many different SUVs. So it felt mm-hmm. a little small, like the back seat was a little small. Mm-hmm. But then I realized that's this segment, you know, it's the three mm-hmm. series car. It's the, uh, and it's it's great. It, you throw it around. It sounds good. Looks good. 
interior is great. You can see it's not a Jag, right? Like, you know, some of the quality of the buttons and the tension on the buttons, mm-hmm. a few things aren't quite there, but they try to give a good feel to the buttons and controls you use all the time. Mm-hmm. But for some of the things like the different drive modes, there's a little dial, how often you switch it into Sport or Sport Plus. Mm-hmm. Something like that had a little bit lighter feel, a little mm-hmm. bit of play in it. But uh, it's nice. They've got a little SUV, the GV70. It's this car, the G70, in an SUV version. It's the bigger one, I'm the 90? The, uh, the 80, and oh, there's, 80. A, there's, a, there's a 90 and an 80. I think with the cars, not with the SUV yet. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I was the guy who was talking about the Genesis versus the Audi A7 years ago when I was looking at a Mm -hmm. lease. Um, The thing about a company, it it takes a a few years of quality for the stigma to sort of wear off. Now, you know, when it comes to a sports franchise – you know, Cleveland can go, the Browns can go two and 14 one year, and then the next year they go 11 and five, and everyone's just right back on. You know, it's like, hey, Browns playing lights out ball. <laughs> in, in the car world, it's like Cleveland goes two and 14. I know they're playing 17 games now. I'm just, this is of yore. Um, and then it takes like seven seasons of them playing. 11 and five ball before people start to go, right. eh, you know, it takes a little while. So Genesis had sort of the Hyundai thing and it was also, I guess it's Korean mm-hmm. and people are like, eh, I don't know if I'm ready for a Korean car. And now it's been a few seasons and the product, you know, they're going uh, 12 and four every season now and people are starting to go, okay, I'm yeah. coming around. And, I mean, more and more of them on the road. They've continued to, they've hired good designers. They're starting to win on design, which is a big thing. Mm -hmm. And then they started to win awards. The SUVs are winning. The cars are winning. And then, you know, more and more of the books are going, hey, start paying attention to Genesis because, uh, you know, if you take the badge off that car and they test calls cars sort of equally, you start to figure out it's, it's, it's definitely, worth checking out it's definitely worth checking out well i think what you always want to do is you know if you can get past the badge you want more you're going to get more for the company it's sort of on the come versus the one that has the established reputation because they just have to yeah but the badge is getting better the nameplate's getting better now when you say Oh, I got a new Genesis. You go, oh, that's a nice, that's a nice car. Right. And also you kind of think you're kind of a smart person, yeah. <laughs> right? Because you're getting the most bang for the buck. Like you're getting a, the luxury features of BMW and Audi in, you know, Lexus in a, in a car that was probably priced better. Yeah. So it's a nice piece. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. I'm a fan. I'm All a right. Fan of it. I'm looking down the list here. I'm seeing that, um, Porsche Motorsport North America has agreed to build engines for Singer. Yeah, so this has been a weird thing because Singer and Porsche haven't always got along, right? Singer Mm -hmm. was doing their Singer 911s and Porsche was throwing a fit going, there's 
There's no such thing as a singer 911. Mm-hmm. There's a Porsche 911. I don't know what you're doing. And mm-hmm. that's where they came up with the Porsche 911 reimagined by singer, mm-hmm. right? We see all the badges now on the cars reimagined mm-hmm. by singer. That's that's Porsche, you know, saying, saying yeah, we don't, and we don't we don't think like we don't like what you're doing here. Mm-hmm. And somehow the relationship has evolved that uh yeah, Porsche Motorsports North America. Their headquarters is out here in Carson by the by their little test track. Yeah. Yeah, you pass it when you're on the 5 or They're the going to be They're going to be making the engines that I believe Ed Pink was making previously. The mm-hmm. nice engine that they spec'd out and they kind of designed and they went to a builder like Ed Pink and says we need a 3.8 liter and a 4 liter flat 6. This is how we want it done. Air cooled? Yeah. Mhm. Um yeah, that's actually a good question. I think it still is. I don't know if they did anything differently. Maybe was the when we saw it, we saw the engine like on display at the Quail years ago, and I don't mm-hmm. remember if like the thing was was it going to be water cooled. I want to say still air cooled. No, Chris will yeah, have Chris to look it up. Like, it, it, look it up. Make sure it's still. I uh, I don't know, but if I know Singer, they probably would have wanted the old school air cooled. I think so. Uh, certainly, I've for seen the, air cooled. Air cooled. Yeah, I, for the weird sound. Not to. Yeah. Definitely wanted that air-cooled sound, yeah. but also the kind of homage to the past and all that kind of stuff. And you remember when we went to Goodwood, and I think we talked to Dario Franchini, and he said he was doing stuff with Singer, and they debuted like the Million Dollar Singer mm-hmm. with uh, the high-output 4-liter, it's a 500-horsepower engine. That's done by like Williams and Nicholson McLaren in the UK. So that engine is still going to be built in the UK. Mm-hmm. But the engines here for most of their cars, I guess production is going to shift from Ed Pink to Porsche. Nice. To some some Porsche here in the U.S., some, you know, Porsche's Motorsport North America. And I didn't even know they built engines, but <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess I, I get it worked out. I guess Porsche, uh, I'm guessing, everyone is getting in touch with their heritage. And everyone is realizing that, I don't know, much like um, some network revamping sitcoms. Mm-hmm. You know, now we're doing live versions of the facts of life on, on TV <laughs> yeah, and right. all in the family and stuff. Everyone's everyone's getting into the retro shit, you know. And I, I think they used to kind of distance themselves from it. You know, getting back to uh, pro football, uh, pro football if you walk into the training camp of Dal- the Dallas Cowboys, you'd see big pictures of Coach Tom Landry and Bob Lilly and these these big Tony Dorsett. Like, they pay homage to the guys who came before them kind mm-hmm. of thing. But other car manufacturers and stuff like that, they kind of was like, oh, bigger, better, what's next? You know, don't worry about the right, past, right. you know? They're all getting into the past. They're all getting into the heritage now. And, you know, we've talked about uh, Ferrari and uh, Jaguars. Jaguar and They're all like doing kind of weird repops and restorations and stuff. So now I think Porsche is looking at something like Singer and going, wait a minute, this is a this is a homage to us. This is a tip of the cap to us. This isn't someone ripping us off. And it's kind of a a smart move on a couple levels that I was thinking about is uh, one with Porsche building the engines. 
it's a revenue source for them. And now they're saying, we're going to get a little something out of this deal. Mm-hmm. Um, also, with the Singer prices going up, that helps all of the aftermarket with Porsche. And it reflects the new cars because you look at it and go, hey, like you, we've, you and I have talked like, oh, you know what would be cool to get? A GTS, Targa, manual transmission, center lock wheels. That's going to be worth something one day. And Porsche's thinking that going, hey, look at the aftermarket of Porsche's. Look at the used cars where they're going. Imagine what our new cars are going to be in 20 or 30 years. Well, you look no further than bring a trailer and it's, um, you know, they got GT3s from 2013 and 500 grand or whatever. I mean, yeah. or, um, I don't know. There's so many variants of the Porsche 911. I'm never sure which one is why the Y stock yeah. version or why it's so expensive, or whatever. But modern day Porsches yeah. that are five, seven, nine years old fetching big buku bucks. Now, from Singer's perspective, I think this is significantly going to increase the value of the cars on an ongoing basis. I think people are going to, granted, if the engine's done well. Mm-hmm. And... Well, I think we know it'll be done It'll well. be done well, right? So now right. you're thinking, oh, I'm going to get a Singer with a Porsche engine, not really like a Singer engine. Mm-hmm. You're getting like a Porsche Singer engine. Mm-hmm. And I, I imagine there's going to be some discussion at some point, two or three years down the line when the engines are out there going, oh, I've got a Singer. You've got, you know, you got the original engine and you got the Porsche engine. And then what does that mean? Like mm-hmm. what's going to be more valuable? But like if you were going to a company that was recreating cars on some level – and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, so-and-so builds this engine or, you know, Edelbrock repops the heads and the manifold or whatever. It's just like, yeah, but who's putting it together? Who's doing it? And you go, well, this is a real Ford engine. This is a real Porsche engine, a real Jaguar engine. I think it's going to do something for Singer, especially in this kind of increasingly competitive world of these reimagined vehicles, Broncos and 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 stuff. Like for, for Singer to go, we – we closed the loop, right? Mm-hmm. We started with the early Porsche. We did our own thing, and now we're back to getting Porsche involved, right? We're the first to do that. I think yeah. that's cool. Yeah, I think the trend now is a lot of these reimagined Broncos and Porsches on one side of the collector car spectrum, and then the other is just modern-day stuff, uh, four GTs, first gens, you know, just yeah. not, not first first, but 05 those those have popped you know those are 450 now all day long uh the new gts you know lots of even the even the uh, mclarens are starting to kind of creep up but lots of the newer porsches right or you know we always talk about spiker like there's lots of modern day shit lfx i guess um she's what was lfa lfa sorry I just put an X at the end of everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking FXX and yeah. LFA combined into one amazing car. <laughs> the uh, Porsche GT, I think one just yeah, went Carrera for like, GT. Carrera GT just yeah. went for one nine or something. I mean, that's a relative. I don't yeah. know. It was an 05 car, 03 something. Yeah, something I mean, like that. It, it, these are modern day cars. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? And um, or cars that are less than 20 years old. And. They just popped 
Yeah, that, that's the the market. I mean, maybe the whole market is popping, but those are really popping now. Well, we we definitely know that everything is high right now. Everything's very very high. All the values and everything are 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 going nuts. But yeah, it it really has trickled to. It, it's interesting because we've talked about in the past there was been special edition cars that never really got the value. Mm-hmm. And now the special edition cars are getting noticed. People are into this hobby much more, uh, you know, people with means, I guess. And the special edition cars are the ones standing out like like they intended, like the, Amer- the, the manufacturers intended. They actually are really starting to, to stand out more, you know. And you're going to trickle down. You're going to see a modern-day Aston Martin, you know, DB11, James Bond edition, whatever, and you're going to like, well, you know, all things being equal, when that's sitting on the floor at Gooding, that one's going to get $30,000 more than the regular DB11, maybe 60000 Yeah, even the Aston Martins are, are trickling, mm-hmm. trickling up, who sort of traditionally, and maybe it's always just been kind of an English car thing, but Jags have been the same way, which is to come out with something kind of cool. And they just fall off a cliff, and they yeah. never they never really recover. Uh, but even those are starting to tick up. They are. It started years ago with one of their racing cars. We were at we were at RM at the uh, at the hotel there, and they're like world record for a British car, world record for a Jag, world record for this. I was like, yeah, it's eight million dollars. Eight, eight something million dollars. I mean, like world record across the board for those types of car. And now I think we've already blown that number away. Chevy Silverado EV sold out in 12 minutes. Yeah, they didn't really tell us how many um, they were going to make. But when they say sold out, they mean the orders. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Ford announced everybody with a lightning, not everybody, but everybody that made a reservation, paid the $100 deposit for the Ford Lightning. Which you did, right? I did. The first batch of people, I don't know how many, the first 10,000 or 20,000, were able to go into the dealer now and build it and order it. Mm -hmm. When that news story came out, GM released the same, you know, hey, we've got a Silverado EV that's coming out. But in 2023, spring of 23, and the initial launch of it is going to be the fully loaded $107,000 Chevy mm. Silverado EV called the RST. And that one sold out in 12 minutes. I just don't know how many were on the order books. But it is kind of showing a demand for EV trucks, mm-hmm. a demand for Rivian, demand for, you know, I think the Hummer is going to do pretty well. I think the Silverado EV, the Lightning is going to do very well. The frustrating part is, is with so many supply chain issues and everything else, we're we're getting excited about new cars, and we're kind of losing sight that these cars are two years, some cases three years away. Yeah, where is the Hummer, <laughs> the electric Hummer? I, I think that's going to come out um, uh, this year. Mm-hmm. So the, the Lightning orders were placed. Production starts June, July, and they're going to start delivering vehicles in September. So mm-hmm. September is going to be kind of the first of of those, of all of the brands. Rivian came out with their pickup truck. They delivered just about 1,000 vehicles 
and now they're saying they're going to run into some delays. They wanted to get the, that initial truck so out the there. Is a chip so, thing? It is. It's a resources thing. It's a chip thing. There's more to it than than that. Uh, you know, it's a new company. Ford is the only one who went out and said, we promise to make eighty to 90,000 Lightnings in the first year. We're going to double capacity to 150,000. And the only reason why they can get away with something like that and a Rivian can't is because Rivian doesn't have any other cars in their lineup. They've only got the one. They're a new company. Ford is saying, we can pull resources and chips and whatever from other things that aren't really selling well, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe Ford Escape or something in the Lincoln lineup, and we can you know, pull whatever we need there to build the lightning so they're the only one out there with press releases and promises of going we're doubling capacity we're not delaying we're not saying hey we're going to do half as many as we thought because we can't get chips we can't get people we can't get this and that so uh ford's being rewarded with sales and stock price you know since farley's taken over their stock (laughs) has doubled wow well where is um Tesla and the pickup truck department, because we all remember the thing with the shatterproof glass that broke, yeah, that shattered. That's coming on three years, yeah, four years. Still delays. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm sure the when, Tesla was there fans something know more. with Rivian, or did it just kind of look semi like a Rivian? No, the Cybertruck was kind of the wedge shape thing. It was very stealth, yeah, and I, I mean, I know. Elon Musk did stuff with Leno, and they drove it around. And uh, but I, I don't know, Chris. See if you can find a, a date because I think they pushed that again. They said it wasn't a super high priority for them, um, and they're going to make some changes to the truck. But uh, I, I don't know. But Tesla seems to be doing pretty well. They they delivered a lot of vehicles, mm-hmm. and in the EV world, you know they've got a decade under their belt. So I mean, as wacky as Elon Musk is. He did put it out there not too long ago. He was like, hey, Rivian, congratulations. You just went public. You're worth a fortune. But now you got to make the cars. And that's really tough. Trust me, from a guy who's been doing it for, for a decade now. And, of course, two months later, Rivian's like, this is really tough to make cars. We're going to go ahead and delay stuff, which is to be expected. But I think some of these, especially these young companies, are getting so caught up in the fundraising portion of it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they need money to do this. That the hype machine behind the fundraising far exceeds the ability to make these cars, which they'll get there. We just, as the consumers, we need to kind of understand the truth of what's happening. The Rivian is highly rated. It looks cool. It's got some good features. Uh, uh, the media that's tested it and had time with it, they're like, this is a game changer. This thing is cool. But Rivian's stock has taken a pretty big hit recently because they said, hey, we lost a top executive. We lost our COO. We're delayed on making vehicles. The long-range version is going to be pushed a year. So now all of the reality is setting in. Mm-hmm. You know? But I can't wait to drive one. They look cool. They look interesting. It's kind yeah. of the right size and some good features. And Yeah. It's weird in L.A. that you see tons of Tesla – sedans and then just tons of full-size pickup trucks yeah i i'm always surprised why you see so many full-size pickup trucks in la now i get the construction guy and the gardener but these things are too clean 
Like yeah. a lot of them. I and mean, there's a lot of guys that are doing building and stuff like that. But I mean, it's just lots of full size pickup trucks mixed with Teslas. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I talked to uh, a guy who's a, a friend in Texas who's in the oil business and his job is on site on the holes in the ground where they drill the oil. So it's, it's, you know, very kind of blue collar, that stuff. And he came by, he picked me up in his truck. And, it, you know, just a full-size, I don't know, F-250, Harley-Davidson, King Ranch, every feature, blah, blah, blah. $100,000 pickup truck, the nicest pickup truck. And I was like, hey, you got – this thing is a hell of a rig. Have you thought about something else? I don't know, BMW, SUV. He's like – yeah, he goes, but I go to the job sites and those guys would ridicule me if I showed up in like a BMW X7. He goes, I got to drive a truck. I go, yeah, but it never gets dirty. He's like, I know, but I got to drive a truck. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that the the vehicle is being used to send the message. And it used to be a message that was not it was sort of apolitical it's like the message is i got a mercedes i'm a rich guy that's or i have a rolls royce i'm a rich guy like that's that was the message now it's like i'm down with the cause with the tesla or fuck everyone i'm a trump voter i got got a truck yeah (laughs) Yeah. i got a king ranch (laughs) and so it's now sending sending a message which um for me, whatever we do have a lot of people that don't live in LA that work in LA with trucks, right? So a yeah. lot of people come drive to LA during the day. Yeah, but as a guy who spent well over a decade on a construction site, I can tell you the difference between a work truck <laughs> and a you know and a truck that someone is driving around sending a message. Like every guy I worked with, those work trucks look like work trucks yeah. and if they didn't they got converted pretty quick because they start using them and they just turned into work trucks yeah there's got to be guys that have more than one right like you're you're mm-hmm. a boss you're a manager mm-hmm. you have your work truck but because you like trucks now you have the nice truck for for you right right <laughs> Uh, you got the timeline on the Cybertruck, the Tesla Cybertruck? Yeah, so it was revealed back in 2019 mm-hmm. and originally slated to launch end of 2021. And then, Didn't of course, happen. they pushed it to 2022, then late 2022, with production expect- expected to fully ramp up in uh, by next year. But now that we're in 2022, Tesla mysteriously removed any mention of the launch from its official site, merely saying that, quote, uh, we'll be able to complete your configuration as production nears. A lot of people are saying that's because they move, when they move to Texas, the Gigafactory in Texas, that's where these Cybertrucks are going to be built. It's still under construction. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and of course, all the, all the supply chain issues as well. Yeah. So, I, I mean, our point is we're not blaming them for, for being flexible and moving. You know, you've got to, you've got to, Go with it, right? There's COVID, there's supply chain issues, there's cash flow issues, but it just seems like, especially the young EV companies, they get so behind the hype machine. Everyone's trying to be an Elon Musk, you know, either an individual is or the company is, and just a lot of promises and not a lot of execution. But I don't know, maybe we as consumers uh, 
cut everyone a little too much slack on just letting people just say whatever they want. You know, hey, new truck next year. Okay. Eh, not next year, maybe the year after or whatever or whenever we feel like it. <laughs> you know, yeah, well, there's, this there's was, a bit of a hype machine. I'm still not sure what's up with the Tesla supercar that was going to go over 200 miles an yeah, hour. Yeah, the new Roadster, right? right. The convertible hardtop. Yeah, I have no idea what's going on with that. That car looked cool on paper. It seemed cool. Uh, some people did some ride-alongs when they made it, but when they made it, people were questioning, like, what is it made out of? Like, is it something on an existing platform that they just turned up the wick on and rebodied and and who knows what but that car looks cool i would love to see that yeah well it seems like only yesterday leno was out taking that thing for a spin not with elon at the the headquarters at spacex i think not at the drag strip doing the quarter mile with the like the plaid yeah right but um, I don't know where that car is either. I don't. I don't. I don't know where that. Yeah, car they is. haven't done much. So they announced that one in 2017. Uh, the only big change they have done is they they canceled any more reservations or they they cut off any more reservations. But there there's no word on it yet. They haven't released anything else about so, it. So you know, Elon's definitely got some PT Barnum in yeah. him. Yeah. And. I don't know. I feel like in today's news cycle, why not roll that way? Because people just forget and turn the page and move on. And it's entertaining. Yeah. You know, like it's it's kind of entertaining. People kind of want to see what he has to say. Other people as well, right? I mean, it used to be you'd use that as a gimmick and that was how you'd build, you know, the entertainment value of your company. That's a that's a Vince McMahon at WWE, right? Mm-hmm. Vince McMahon, the businessman, is kind of a different person than Vince McMahon, the on air character, right? You know, the you know the billion dollar show down and is strutting into the ring like that's the Vince McMahon, the character. But he obviously built a big company out of it. But he's not as gimmicky in real life. Yeah. <laughs> Well, listen, uh, I'm a fan of Elon. I hope they keep it coming. I do worry a little about making these proclamations and then not really delivering on them. Yeah. Uh, I remember the 200-mile-an-hour-plus super electric car always sound a little dubious to us. But now other electric cars have sort of come out and gotten into that yeah, range. The, the acceleration is wildly fast. Uh, the top speed is getting there. Uh, you know, but we're learning more things like we talked about before is like we're learning more in weight reduction. We're learning more in uh, battery efficiency. We're learning more in aerodynamics um, uh, to make it happen before we even get to new batteries. But I think we mentioned, what was it last week? A startup company out of Detroit was developing like some kind of like two-stage battery and they put it into a Tesla. They just took a stock Tesla took out the battery that's 300-and-something mile range, put theirs in, and they did 720 miles or 750 miles. Uh, And it it has like a 150-mile range battery, which is all the quick discharge, fast accelerating battery Mm -hmm. mated to another bigger portion of the battery that fed that one. So it was like the big one keeps the little one charged, and the little one makes your car go fast. Yeah, and it's... It's coming. I mean, it's all about the batteries, and the batteries are moving pretty fast. And I, I just think in it, it's going to be just a few short years. I, I still, you know, made the prediction that uh, when my twins turn sixteen, which will be in about um, I don't know six months, 
uh, their first car may be an electric car. They're becoming more affordable. But by the way, all the electric cars have always been sort of a, a luxury item. But now we're seeing, you know, Hyundai, Kia, like, you know, Ford Maverick, which is a hybrid version, which is getting huge reviews. Like, these are all turning out to be fairly affordable cars. You don't have to just get like a Chevy Bolt or a Nissan Leaf. Like, now yeah. we're getting to some cool looking vehicles that are a little less sort of new technology iphone looking white plastic dash and a little more realistic looking mm-hmm. and and the range is going to get there i agree with you we're we're two to three years away from all of these cars going 500 miles or more well i mean let's let's be realistic let's say this um the average range of an internal combustion car um 20 years ago was 320 miles or something like that, maybe 370 or something. I don't know. Uh, But the average range of an electric car was like 31 miles or something. (laughs) And, you know, if people want to start talking about range, well, range is something that's kind of defined by the predecessor internal combustion car. So if we've all, you know, if you drove a BMW 3 Series, and the range was 341 miles on a full tank of gas, well, then that's the range. And several years ago, an electric car, the range was 31 miles, and then it was 86 miles, and then it got to 150. Now it's, you know, knocking on the door of 300 and and exceeding 300. So once you start talking about, you know, range anxiety, well, the range is – it's not an arbitrary number. It's just sort of what we're used to. Right. And if you're used to 350 miles range per tank of gas, then once electric gets to 350, we're there. We're even. Right. Except the amount of time to charge. I think what's right. going to happen is the electric cars are going to start to get into that four, 500 mile range mm-hmm. and cars are still going to be 300 gas cars because gas cars can fill up in five minutes. Now we're, Everyone's going to say, hey, you can charge this battery really fast, but now you basically need a nuclear power plant at your home with right. you know, gloves and a hazmat suit to plug it in. But also what we're, they're trying to tackle is what does it do to the battery when you fast charge it that mm-hmm. quickly? Like mm-hmm. you know, are, if you own the car for 10 years, do you get to own it for seven now if you do it that way every night? So Ooh, yeah. they're and like, hey, you know what might be easier? Range. Let's just make it go five or 600 miles if we can get there first. Then we'll work on how many times you can fast charge it. Cycle. Yeah. What happened to the charge plate? Yeah, that was another uh, – uh, There's there was two ideas that were kicked around. Um, I don't recall if they were both Tesla or not. Tesla had the one where they're saying the battery is insignificant to your car. Like you, you don't need to like own it and wash it and polish it and own it and like hug it. It's just like they're saying, hey, what about a future where you're driving to Vegas, you pull your Tesla up, a machine comes up underneath, Swaps takes out it. all the screws, swaps in another battery, you're on your way in 10 minutes, mm-hmm. right? So who cares whose battery it is, right? right? So there was that. Um, but then there's the charge plate in the garage. It's like you just pull your car in, and like your phone, you just put it on a charging pad now mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know, just drive up, and then it the plate underneath starts to charge the car. Probably can't do it as fast, and 
probably some issue when the cat runs under the car and a cat explodes because of the f- foot <laughs> right. of clearance, right. the four inches of four and a half inches of clearance of yeah. something's going on there. I don't know mm-hmm. that we've tested that yet, but uh, probably some version of that. I don't know. Maybe it's probably sort of a trickle charge version that that makes that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the focus has been on get the most range out of a vehicle. Then we can focus on like that that cycling that you talked about. How many times can we charge this, and how fast each time? I'm sure the car manufacturers would probably prefer you plug it in overnight and let it do its thing for eight hours as opposed to plugging it into some other scenario where you know you try to top it off in 20 minutes and get 80 percent of the charge. That has to be way more complex. Yeah, the thing about the electric thing is I've been charging up my uh, Lincoln. I think it's about 2021, but it's a it's a range. It's a tank extender, basically, is what yeah. it is. But they there's still that thing. I jumped into it yesterday at the other shop when I was driving home, and it said 20 miles on the range. And by the time I got three quarters of a mile down the road it was at 15 and <laughs> yeah. it's like they got to do a little better calculations right than, than that it says 20 yeah i'm sure they could tell me reasons why it was at 15 before i got onto the freeway but it it defeats the purpose it flies in the face of your range yeah. calculator because it says 20 i get in I should be passing the Glendale Galleria by the time it gets to 15 and I'm just getting on the freeway and we're at 15 uh, already. And it kind of does that to you and it'll create a little anxiety because it's a little catch as catch can because it's like the reality is, is I live 11 miles away. So if I see 20, I'm in the clear. But if it drops to 15 in 300 yards, I'm not so <laughs> right. sure yeah, a- now anymore. Yeah, you're sweating it a little I mean, bit. I'm doing like the if math. If you tried to do it in just pure EV mode, it'd be like, hey, uh, we were wrong about the 20. It, 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 it'll usually drop down and then kind of catch itself and flatten out and then go into a little more consistent yeah. mode. But, but does it say 15 miles range for the next four miles? Yeah, it, yeah. It, it is a little, I mean, maybe I'm asking too much, but it's, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say we're at the infancy of this stuff, but we're mm-hmm. still working it out yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, a car like my car with a plug-in range, you know, it's, it's 19, 20, 21. They get that thing to 50 miles. I'd, I'd be in the clear. Right. If it was 50 miles and then realistically, depending on the radio and the air conditioning, whatever, and it got you 35, you're still good. Right. Right. Like for what you wanted to do. Right. And you you gave it some margin of error. I mean, like, oh, 50, 48. I just need 35 to feel comfortable. Okay. Yeah. The problem is, is when it's 19 and it drops down to 11 fast, (laughs) it's like it doesn't offer that much security. It doesn't. All right, we'll do a slightly shorter commercial-free show for you guys today. You guys can uh, check me and Bill Shatner out and Dennis Quaid out at the uh, Improv. I love this lineup, by the way. Shatner and Quaid. They're great. They're great. I mean, it's two separate shows. I mean, two wildly different people, but both are entertaining. Can you buy tickets to both shows? Oh, yeah. Two totally different shows. Mm -hmm. That'll be February 6th at the Brea Improv, and you just go to amcrawl.com for all the 
live shows and check out our YouTube page because we put a lot of stand-up up there. What do you got, Motorator? Uh, you know, just follow me at Motorator on social media, getting excited about uh, heading out to Barrett-Jackson in a couple weeks, and I'll post some photos of this uh, Genesis. I think you guys dig it. So until next time, Adam Crow for Matt, the Motorator, DeAndrea saying, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Hey, Geico, do you own? Do you rent? Well, you do one or the other, right? You know, it's hard work out there. Owning, renting, you want to save some money? How about your bundle? Bundle your policies at Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle the homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you got so much to do already. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, see just how much you could save at Geico. That is geico.com today. That's geico.com.